Hello everyone and welcome to Norganon Popped Off's Warcraft Lore Podcast. I'm your host James Graham and I'm joined by Mazeriel and Warren. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here again. Hey James. Hey Maze. Hey everyone. Uh, yeah, happy to be here again. Uh, happy that you're all listening. And uh... yeah, Warren. Warren's a man of the people, man. He, he you know, you happy, happy that everyone's listening to us. So for everybody who might be a first time <laughs> listener, or you know, as we like to call you, the uninitiated, uh, here at Norganon, every episode we kind of take on a topic, a faction, a person in the Warcraft universe, uh, give you a rundown on it, and then jump into our own discussion or analysis. Uh, with this episode specifically, we're gonna it's gonna be more of a character dyna- uh, analysis. Um, so that being said, though, before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, Maze, why don't you tell the people where to find us? Yeah, um, you can always find us on Twitter at popped underscore off. You can email us. I uh, also find us online poppedoff.com. And of course, when you do find us, make sure to leave a review. Let us know what you do, don't like about the show. Like us, subscribe to us, all that nice stuff. Yeah, so um, with that, guys, we're going to kind of jump right into it. So this week's episode, we are going to be getting into Arthas. I prefaced this last week, where he is the original, uh, actual wearer of the Helm of Domination. We're actually going to look at his character, his upbringing, how they did his character in in relation to the Warcraft universe, and kind of really pick it apart, really uh, get into it and how what our thoughts of it. Um, a big thing I do want to iterate right now is that we're not going to be getting into Arthas as the Lich King and in the Death Knight. We're really going to touch on Arthas as his in his youth, in his you know pre adulthood, and just very br- briefly post Frostmourne. But that's we're really going to look at like the bread and butter of what made Arthas Arthas. So with that, uh, we start with Arthas being uh, introduced to us as a as a younger character. Um, he's trained by some really really like powerful characters in the universe. Muradin Bronzebeard trains him in combat. Uther the Lightbringer trains him as a paladin, and he spars with Varian Rin. So, as you, a lot of people know, Varian Rin was the, the badass king of Stormwind. So, Arthas had him as a sparring partner uh, growing up. He was very, uh, very, very loved by his subjects and people around him. Uh, you know, even as a Lich King, he kind of had the rouse, to, like, the, the ability to, like, to rouse the subjects. With that, that's kind of how he came into possession of Invincible, which was a, you know, more of a farmstead horse that he watched give birth or was he watched birth that be kind of came his uh he also had a very early love interest in jaina proudmore this is a, a, a large part of his character um kind of fast forward a little bit and he's inducted to the knights of the silver hand the paladin order at 19 a lot of people considered a younger arthur's including uther uh to be both arrogant and headstrong but also brave and tenacious Oh my god, tenacious? There we go. Um, so, despite, you know, kind of always pushing forward for the objective, he always got the job done because of his prowess and because of how he he went about things. Um, because of his status, because he was Lord on royalty, he kind of rubbed elbows with very, very powerful uh, characters in human society. So, and... Uh, and Oh my god, Antonitis. Uh, I'm going to butcher that pronunciation throughout this entire episode. Uh, Gen Greymane, uh, pretty much all the noteworthy paladins of the Knights of the Silver Hand. Um, and as well as uh, Kael'thas was also somebody he's also been in in uh, socialization with in the past as well. Um, so, Janna and Arthas' relationship was something that kind of kept in secrecy. And more or less as it progressed, uh, Arthas kind of, you know kind of got cold feet, said, you know what, we shouldn't be a couple, and basically played it off like, Jaina, you should go focus on magic, and then we're going to kind of go our separate ways. 
So fast forward into adult Arthas. This kind of takes place in Warcraft 3. You see a lot of Arthas' story in that. You get to play through it. So it kind of starts out with uh, Arthas and Uther being kind of called to Strawnbrad. Um, here, Arthas defeats a black dragon. He kills an orcish blade master. Um, you, you really get a, an idea of the scope of Arthas's power at the beginning. This is when reports of the plague start coming in. And Jaina and Arthas kind of re-meet back up. And they confront both the undead and Kel'Thuzad. Kel'Thuzad's a former um, Kieran Tor member. I think he was actually on the Council of the Six. And he was a big fan of necromancy. So he ended up withdrawing from that and became more into ne uh, necromancy. Arthas kills him pretty easy, as you kind of expect after he's just killed a black dragon and a blade master. But before he kills him, he mentions uh, Malganus. Malganus being this uh, the kind of like the over-looming over figure for a lot of Arthas' storyline. Basically, he's told to go to Strathorn because that's where Malganus is going to be. Uh, on his way there, uh, Medivh, who kind of kind of shows up throughout Warcraft 3 as this like annoying uh, prophet guy that's just like, hey man, go to Kalimdor. And Arthas shoves us off pretty quick. He's not he's not feeling it. He's pretty dead set on trying to hunt down Magannis. So you get this calling uh, to Strathom, which is you see played through in World of Warcraft, it's the calling of Strathom. Um, everybody's devastated by what Arthas is doing because again, as we kind of talked about, like he was he was loved by his people, so nobody can really wrap his hands around while he starts massacring civilians, right? But because the plague um, and the reports of this we've been going in the infected grain that had gotten to Strathom required him to basically create a calling, uh, and you know, and uh, like a mass extermination of his people. So basically once Arthas does all that, he confronts Malganus and Malganus does his dread night, uh, his, uh, his, uh, dreadlord thing and turns into a bunch of bats and takes off to Northrend and tells him to go there. So very, you know, very cliche, uh, villain type stuff. Uh, takes so we're gonna I'm gonna say this now and we're gonna talk about this a lot later. Scope is always really concerning in the Warcraft universe. So we're told that it takes a month for Arthas and basically all his boys to uh, head up to uh, Northrend. Muradin is uh, since uh, accompanying him. Janna, Uther, and Arthas had a bit of a falling out prior to him calling Stratholme, as again you see in game. Um, once you get up to Northrend, or once Arthas gets up to Northrend, sorry, uh, the big thing is him trying to track down Frostmourne. And he's trying to find Malganus. Before he ends up finding Malganus, he does find Frostmourne. Trying to take it on and wield it. He uh, he ends up basically getting murdered and super injured. Um, I'm going to say dies in air quotes because he doesn't really die, We as you see in-game. But, you know, the, the idea is there that he's dead. Um, quickly, very prior to this, Arthas is so consumed by trying to follow, find Malganus and all this stuff. He gets a bunch of mercenaries to kill his boat, uh, burn his boats, get his men pissed off. And then get his men to kill said mercenaries. So gets everybody to really betray and uh, betray in on himself. Then goes gets some Frostmourne. I'm kind of a, a little out of the uh, the um, the chronological timeline a little bit. Um, just after this, um, after he claims Frostmourne, he actually gets a chance to confront Malganus. Malganus is like you know kind of doing his like maniacal laughter thing, and Arthas gets his chance to strike him down. He finally actually gets end up killing uh, Malganus with Frostmourne. After this. It's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, jarred up a little bit because you see this in the Warcraft Three Frozen Throne cinematic, but you don't see it in Warcraft Three. He heads off into the Northrend's frozen wastes by himself, but he is actually, in fact, accompanied by Falric and Marwyn. Uh, Falric is the the captain character you see pretty much all throughout Warcraft Three, and Marwyn gets chucked in there later. At the end of all of this, Arthas does come home. He does come home to Lordaeron, but he basically just walks home. Walks through the the gates. He's greeted by everybody, and he just runs his dad through as soon as he gets into the throne room.
just very shortly after this, after he basically raises Lord Ron and kills everybody, um, he also goes and re resurrects Invincible using Frostmourne's power. And that's when we start getting into the real Death Knight version, because he's now, you know, not just a man, he's a man and a horse, so he's a Death Knight now, um, into that aspect of the character. So I'm going to stop there, and we're going to kind of discuss this, this the, the, the fall from grace of Arthas. Just so everybody knows, when we uh, are going to start uh, unpacking these these talking points, we're going to be talking about the believability of Arthas. So Arthas' fall as a character, something that you can really see happen. The execution, um, do we think that we were happy with how Arthas' storyline was told? Uh, Arthas' character design itself, is there any aesthetics we would change or anything like that, or if there's any parameters of his character that we weren't happy with? Um, his interactions with other characters, so Jaina, Uther, Murden, all that stuff. And then the end result of Arthas. Is there another way Arthas could have gone, you know, had he been smart and listened to Medivh? Stuff like that. We're going to kind of try and talk about those, like, alternative timelines. So we're going to get into that. So... With that, I've just done a ton of talking. We're going to get into our first topic. We're going to get into the believability of Arthas. Maze, you're going to start us off, my friend. Yeah, um, especially concerning young, young Arthas. So I'll, I'll stick with this. Yeah, let, let's start off in the very beginning of Arthas. I, I think it's very believable how they built up his character as well as his flaws. So this is in regards to the book written by Christy Golden, Arthas. I think she did a great job getting into the mind of a... Of a young boy who doesn't quite know who or what he is, but knows he has to be destined for greatness. Because you have, so like you said, he sparred with Varian Rin. Well, because of that, uh, he, the reason he was able to do that was Rin was a refugee from the sacking of Stormwind. I'm not going to get too much into it, but that was pretty much the end of the Second War, I believe, was the sacking and burning of Stormwind, which caused him to go up to Lordaeron. He already knew how to fight. So you already had Arthas looking at this tall well-muscled prince who already knew his way around a sword, and Arthas, nothing. At the same time, uh, almost within the exact same time, because of uh, Admiral Proudmore brought his daughter to Jaina, to the court, Arthas saw Jaina for the first time. So it's all these weird emotions of not really feeling like comfortable in his own skin next to someone like Varian, not understanding his own emotions around women for the first time because of Jaina and how... how striking she was to him because it was almost instantaneously he was completely overtaken by her and uh for that like the whole time i read that anytime i go back and rewatch a video on it i'm just like man being in middle school sucked <laughs> it's just because <laughs> it, it hits it it's so relatable that i'm just like man i i know what that feels like and even as he grows you you can see him like uh, the whole reason Muradin uh, like trained him was because he was fighting a fake suit of armor, fumbled over his own hands, dropped it, and Muradin was like, "Oh, that's not good. He he needs to be better than that." And you can see like this this huge shame because any time Arthas failed at something, he was just overwhelmed by shame and thinking that he wasn't good enough or he wasn't ready enough because he kept kind of building himself up to like this great king of Lordaeron that he he was raised to have to be. Yeah, and, and anything to add with that, Warren? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you touched on a really important point there for a second. Um, when you said who he was, who he was meant to be, I feel like that's the part of Arthas that they really nailed hard. Um, just that this kid that was actually completely unprepared, like he was very young when all of this happened, and since birth he was basically told like you're destined for great things. He was working with all of these people who, in their own right, have all of these amazing achievements and like they already have their entire lives kind of 
like they have a history to them all to their own that he feels like he has to live up to as well, even though he's much younger than them. I feel like they touched on that based on a lot of different aspects that real royalty kind of go through. You know, you have to be uh, extremely well educated. You have to be taught to be the best in almost everything you do because you're supposed to lead your people. And I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. When you see how Arthas also interacts with the poor folk and stuff like that, I think you see a part of his character where not only does he kind of want to take that responsibility, but he also genuinely cares for the people that he ends up ruling over eventually. Yeah, like he's just, he's an incredibly believable character. Um, like that he said, you know, his flaws were kind of there from the beginning. He's hard headed, he's stubborn, he's arrogant, but he's also extremely loyal. He's intelligent, he focuses very hard on things, and he generally tries to achieve whatever he sets himself out to do. Like he doesn't really sit back and take failure as an option. You know what I mean? Yeah, genuinely. Like, I don't think there's any point during his young life where I can say they actually did something wrong, which is very, very rare for me to like admit when it comes to storytelling, because I feel like there's always something that the author could have done better or different in a way. But um, yeah, I just think they uh, they hit the nail on the head Like when it came to him. They, they really went all out. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing that really runs. And, like, Warren, you you bring up a good point. There's always that one thing that sticks out to you when you, like, kind of see a character's upbringing. And you're like, all right, that, like, the, the, the math doesn't really line up on, like, this event or this event. You know what I mean? Like, some things just don't make sense and you, like, immediately you immediately think of a better uh, a better way of going about it or like you know you jump to a conclusion that makes more sense but with Arthas through his youth there like you never have that moment of like wait a second like you know this this is that's not how this should have panned out that's not that's not how this should have been it's all very expertly expertly depicted uh like i mean like hats off to Christy Golden for this for this book because she really illustrates his his youth like masterfully like it's it's incredible so i guess uh with that though uh maze you kind of talked about how you were really just weighing in specifically on 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 young arthas do you want to kind of talk in almost like his you know knights of the silver hand kind of uh almost moving into adult arthas does that like i mean do you still share the same thoughts as uh, like as his youth because i mean we are kind of starting to see two different mediums of where you see his character between Christy Golden in the book and then actually Warcraft 3. Do you still find it as believable? Yeah, actually, I think she did the transition really well. So you have a lot of fantastic stuff that she pulled from from Warcraft 3, which predates the book. Uh, the book was her fourth Warcraft novel because uh, she started with like Lord of the Clans back in 2001 and wrote this one in 2009. So she really had hit her stride writing Warcraft lore. So as we move from his youth into his like uh young adult years so now he's a paladin he's comfortable knowing that he's been trained by one of the greatest dwarven warriors period Meridian bronzebeard he travels down and uh escorts jaina to dalaran and they they build a relationship as they do that they grow closer and closer um and he's frequently having to travel to dalaran and he finds any excuse he can he's like well i'm i'm the son of a king i'm i'm a member of state and Jaina, who's also a, a member of state, being a cool Tyrant, being the daughter of the like the daughter of the sea, Keen Terranus is like, yeah, this is great. Uh, so nobody really gets in the way of that. But what I really like about 
and why I'm specifically har uh, harping on Dalaran, is while Jaina's there, she captures the Eye of Kael'thas, Blood Elves Don't Exist, so the High Elf Sorcerer. And it, it was it was really interesting to watch because you can see where he was this shyer, more timid child. He really came into his own and his own... He knew his worth, but still had a good deal of uh, weaknesses there. So, and, and what I mean by that, like he didn't really have a problem taking Jaina from Kael'thas. He knew she was meant to be with him. He knew he loved her, and that, that theirs was a romance that should be. Um, so he wooed her in secret in Dalaran, just kind of in and out, even kind of knowing that Kael'thas had pined for her up until, and as you said, they kind of stopped dating. And the reason for that breakup being because Jaina was like talking babies and he, that's kind of when it hit him and I, I i think anybody who gets past the age of 25 eventually has that like oh no babies <laughs> no and uh again it was just another one of those moments where like me i'm i'm in my 30s i'm like rereading it like I, I didn't get it when i first read it in 2009 but rereading it now i'm like a oh, crap i aged and this this did it well like golden just this was definitely one of her masterpiece works it was she hit it so well with that yeah, and of course, Warren, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like I kind of want to talk about the character design as a whole, like actually how Arthas looks and stuff. Um, obviously, like you get an image of character from a book and you kind of form this opinion of, you, of what it is. Like, Christie had the perk that obviously there was a visual medium to represent Arthas before she had written it. But I really think that they kind of nailed the whole looking like nobility part. Like he is a strong, squared off guy, like long flowing hair, attractive dude. You know, you can tell he's like he's a someone. Just being able to walk around with the air kind of gives you an idea that, yeah, his personality kind of is this larger than life. Like, you know, he knows who he is now because he's had to deal with all of this from a young age and stuff like that. Like, he's very sure of where he is in a social standing sense. And um, that, like, flows brilliantly into his character design. Personally, I don't think we've seen... Did we see Arthas as a kid at some point? Like you said, I'm new to it, so I'm not sure if there was, like, parts removed because I only know the world from, like, Cataclysm onwards. I don't know if they removed something, but... I don't ever think you get actually get to see like an in-game representation of of young Arthas, do you? Like I don't. I we kind of do. So I don't remember if it's the Death Knight class hall or one of the old old Wrath quests to kind of blend where you. I think it was the Death Knight class hall quest where you go into one of the shards and you kind of see Kid Arthas, or it's one of the flashbacks, but it's uh it's represented as just one of the generic children, like human children, boys. With blonde hair, oh, blue yeah. eyes. Um, but, oh, that's a bit disappointing then. Okay, there's one thing that changed. Okay, good. Progress. <laughs> See, I knew there'd be a point where I'd be able to pick out something. We, feel we, we found Damn one it. thing, yeah? <laughs> oh, blizzard. But um, yeah, like, okay. Well, from what we've been able to see, like his character design really represents what you subconsciously kind of imagine him he would be like. I mean, like you said, his behavior when <laughs> he stole Jaina, essentially, that's really within character. It might not be the nicest thing for people to do, but this is Arthas we're talking about. Like, he is stubborn. When he sets his mind to something, he's going to get it. Like, that's just, he feels like he's entitled to it. I mean, you can't really blame the guy. He was essentially told 
then yeah, he is entitled to everything since he was a kid. So it's extremely believable. He's a very flawed character in the sense that he has weaknesses, but that means he's real, you know? Like, I hate the sudden trend where every character has to be like completely perfect or has to be like a cut and paste um, stereotype, essentially. Like, believable characters that have their own weaknesses and kind of stick with them because I feel like what the majority of people do now is they write a character then they're like okay yeah well this is his weakness or whatever and then they overcome that weakness or it's never mentioned again within like 10 minutes from the introduction of it keeping the issues that this character is supposed to have because they carried it throughout their whole lives let's be real here they're not going to suddenly stop being stubborn or something a week later, just for the sake of a story, you know? Like, and he really does keep his weaknesses. It's a vice. And I think they did a really good job with keeping that in. Because if they had removed that, I don't think I would like his story at all. Well, you kind of said it perfectly that he, not only is he believable, but he's real, right? Because people don't change on a dime like that as they do as a lot of the Warcraft characters, I think, have started to kind of carry on to that trend as where, like you said, there's a weakness or there's a vulnerability and there's something and then they address it and then it's gone, right? Arthas doesn't do that and I think that's what makes him so realistic and so believable is that because a lot of people in their everyday life, they have these vulnerabilities, they have these vices, they have stuff like that and it doesn't just get addressed in a, like, you know, in a lovely moment, right? Like, and unfortunately, it leads to Arthas becoming something that, you know, that nobody wanted him to be. I don't even think he wanted to be the Lich King, you know what I mean? But, like, I mean, his flaws, and like, they made his character, right? That's what made him him, right? With that, I think we were all kind of on the group consensus that Arthas is not only believable, but he's super believable. Um, but we want to get into the execution, and I think we've kind of run these... I, I find, like, these two subjects kind of go with, like, train tracks. Like, the, one has to kind of run with the other. Um, but I think we've touched on it, like, a decent amount that the execution of Arthas is done fairly well yeah yeah like um to me I, I honestly can't think of a way that i would have been able to change it in a way to make it more accessible for everyone like it's just it's simple it's told well and it came at a time where you know the stereotype was this noble prince destined for big things goes on a hero's journey ends up being the hero of the story and that's kind of it now in current media we obviously have a lot more nuance with characters and stuff like that where okay yeah you have like the destined prodigal son or whatever and something happens and they turn evil but back during this time that wasn't really a big thing you know it, it wasn't a popular thing to be around there i mean that's like why you see stuff like darth vader as well being like a huge thing because no one really expected the people that were destined for all these great things to suddenly just switch around and be like okay well i'm the bad guy now and yeah, like, I, I think they handled it extremely well. Like, his story's executed beautifully, in my opinion. Um, one thing, like, I think we talked about this as well one time. I, I don't know if I really like how dependent on books uh, as, like, a storytelling media Blizzard have become now. And like you guys said, it was introduced during uh, Wrath of the Lich King, and Arthur's played a big part of it, and so did the book. The book itself, I think, is really, really well done. And it's extremely hard to kind of find a balance between making the book interesting enough to go and read without handling stuff that should be handled in the game necessarily. 
you know, you don't want the book to steal these big moments so that people who don't read it don't get a full grasp of the character as a whole or something. Like, it's really hard to tiptoe the line there. But for that specific one, I mean, yeah, there were some parts that I feel like they should have maybe included, you know, as playable in the game. But overall, like, they did such a good job of explaining who Arthas is. And this might just be because it's, like, what, 10 years of, like, background at that point. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, like they just did a really good job of making sure that even if you didn't read the book, you get the sense of, okay, well, he's important, he's sure, you know, like everyone knows who Arthas is. You kind of go through this story and you're just like, holy shit, this person that I thought I knew did this. You kind of feel the same way Jaina does in a sense at the end of, you know, you're just kind of stuck here with holy shit, this just happened. This person actually changed. Yeah, it's... And, like, you're not used to characters actually changing in media anymore. So, yeah, I think it was done really, really well. Yeah, no, and I think, uh, yeah, and, like, I, I guess I guess the biggest takeaway I have from that, I guess from your, from your side of things, is that the book shouldn't be a necessity for, for character execution, but this is, I, I like, in, in my opinion, this is one of the few exceptions where... You don't need the book, but goddamn, does the book, you know, add to it, right? It's everything you need, just topped off with, like, that little perfect extra thing. It's it's something that you can go back to, read, and be like, oh, holy hell, this just makes what I've experienced through the game even better, which I think is exactly how it should be handled. Like, I love books as a media to, like, kind of get more in the head of characters, because, at like, it's an MMO you are kind of limited in a storytelling aspect with how you can present things and still have players like interact with it. Um, so I think like a, having books is a really, really good workaround for that. But it's extremely difficult to then not make the books essential because not everyone is going to read it. Like it's 2020, people don't really, you know, have the time necessarily to keep reading things or whatever. I mean, we do in quarantine right now. Like, are we allowed to talk about COVID? Actually, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're allowed. We're allowed to talk oh, that's about great. that. Yeah, that sucks. Like, honestly, like <laughs> it, it's so bad. But I'm a person like I. I have. I recently bought two bookshelves, and um, I just realized like I have too many books, but I can't. I can't bring myself to read eBooks, but I also can't buy anything new, so I'm kind of stuck now in the middle of this. So, yeah, you're in the you're in the catch twenty two. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I should say this is a time to remind people to subscribe to their favorite podcast and leave good reviews. Yeah, there you but, go. <laughs> uh, but I, I am going to I'm gonna play devil's advocate here when it comes to the books. Oh, here we go. Okay. Because, yeah, don't get me wrong. I I fully understand what you're saying. Like, it does feel like our characters are becoming a bit more one-dimensional. And I'll pose this actually as a question. I'll, I'll flip the script a bit. First to you, Howie, okay. is do you think Arthas would have been as solid as a character? At, would he have had half the fan base he has like granted yes the time was perfect blizzard could not have been luckier lord of the rings was 2001 was the fellowship of the ring we saw sauron and this larger than life bad guy uh revenge Mm -hmm. of the sith was 2005 and we got to see the whole like arc of uh oh i almost said arthas because that's that's pretty much who he is (laughs) of uh, anakin turning into darth vader this larger than life bad guy like we were primed for the lich king um and they pretty much, we like, were, yeah. it, it was perfect. But if we didn't have a single player campaign plus a single player expansion on top of a book to really flesh out this character, 
would he have been as good? Would he, or would he have suffered the same fate as like Legion Illidan, uh, Sylvanas, Ooh. Garrosh, like especially Garrosh, who existed especially solely Garrosh. in the MMO. He never existed before the MMO. So would he have suffered the same fate? Would we love him as much as we do now if it weren't for all of this individual fleshing out that he got that really no one else ever did? So does uh, I guess the the question is is like like is the execution helped by the additional media that we get for him not just the, within the game universe itself yeah yeah because like Illidan got some stuff in War of the Ancients but nobody had build up like Arthas did and I I'm curious if you guys think that's a good reason like a strong supporting reason as to why he's so beloved why he feels so fleshed out and so solid in this world. I think, I honestly, I think it's a huge contributing factor, mainly because, uh, so if you, like, I think there was enough about Arthas's character between Warcraft 3 and World of Warcraft that you were like, okay, like, I, I get the feel of him and stuff like that, but I mean, up until, uh, up until Wrath of Lich King, which was just before Arthas was released, or just after Arthas was released, um, you only know that he was up there and he was present, but you only had Warcraft and uh, Warcraft Three, and then uh, you know Frozen Throne as really your your interpretation to him, right? So I think it was cool that they put this back out, and it almost like reignited any person who had interaction with the character prior to be like, okay, like this is what his deal is, right? And then you get on top of that, you get people talking about it. And I think that's a big thing too. Is the, a big reason of Arthas's success is because. Not only because he's a character that's master, masterfully done, because masterfully done characters get under the radar all the time. But Arthas didn't because people remembered him from Warcraft 3. He's constantly in quest text as I'm, as I'm playing back through Classic. Like, I mean, he's referenced left, right, and center. But, like, you know, you don't see him in game. And then he gets then he gets a book on top of this that flushes out his entire life. Like, he was, like... <laughs> To kind of to kind of play on his theme, like the character's success was destined for greatness because of how well they built him up, right? I do think, yeah, like you're right there, like like that was a big reason I was excited for Illidan was because I knew of him from War of the Ancients and I loved like his, you know, this very tragic character. But Arthas is just on a whole another level, right? Like I think you bring in a, a very interesting point as well. Like Illidan and Arthas's journey really mirror each other really, really well. Well, they mirror themselves so much that they meet up. <laughs> like, yeah, like, right? But um, I think the general consensus is, like, Arthas is a more... I think he's just a better done character than Illidan is. And, like, I mean, it's strange because they're so similar. You'd think that there would be no real differentiation between the two, but there really, really is. So I feel like we should maybe ask why. Like, what did Arthas' story do differently that Illidan's didn't? what really sprang him forward. Like, I don't know how the fandom was back then. I don't know how many people did end up reading the book um, during the time, but I, I have to guess it's definitely one of the contributing factors to why people care so much about Arthas. At the end of the day, like, I think the main thing here is just people had time with Arthas. There was a lot of time spent. There were multiple games where you could essentially just dig into this character and i think like may said as well like just knowing that the book is there regardless of if you read it or not just knowing that you could go deeper into this character's story if you want to i think that subconsciously does leave like an impact to you and just going like wow this character actually has some thought put behind them 
And people are just naturally drawn to that, you know. I don't know necessarily why <laughs> he's as popular. Like you said, like a lot of amazing characters get swept under the rug all the time. So what really makes Arthur's different? I think, like May said, it's just it was the right time. Like mainstream media was primed and ready for this the story of this heroic person that just ended up backfiring and turning into something that no one really assumed he would ever be. So yeah, I just think it was like the perfect time for him to come into light. Yeah, like I mean the stage the stage was really set for a character like him. Maze, I know you like you kind of prefaced this this question with saying that you were going to play devil's advocate. Like has that that statement already been kind of answered in mine and Warren's like explanation or is there something that you're like is there like a burning question in the back and you're like all right, how can I spin this? Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> No, I I think it's really coming down to a balance thing like how much and, and you kind of said it yeah Arthas is everywhere even without the book uh in classic everywhere in the plague lands is of course Arthas in burning crusade he plays a huge fundamental role in the uh the blood elf starting line because of the ghost lands the scar because of everything he did leading up to the sunwell um i mean he's the reason blood elves exist um as, as blood elves and no longer high elves so can i just you see just it was just great to hear you say so you're saying high elves are different from blood elves thank you oh, no give the <laughs> oh no damn it they're not the same oh okay i just had to get that out that's fine you get it you, you just had to get it out eh that's fine yeah oh my god <laughs> in, in the same way I, I guess texans aren't floridans but we're all american yeah. you're <laughs> so, all exactly yeah. right uh, same branch just different leaf it's fine <laughs> Yeah, he, he's definitely always there, and it was also in a time before we got really tired of zombie stuff. I think that's another reason why we were able to pick up on his tragedy. Humans are pretty... I, I think we can all relate to the idea of a zombie apocalypse fantasy over demons from space, which kind of makes uh, Illidan and the Burning Legion is all always a little weirder because it's a pseudo-sci-fi, but also demonic Like almost high fantasy, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like... yeah. You know, that's very that's very true. That like uh, that that's really like the, the relatability of are the solely for the fact that he's human is like a, I think a big contributing factor. Yep, uh, and that's because I've had problems with that. Like with the most recent Night Elf stuff, like I'm looking at it, and it's like you guys are writing her as if like looking at Tarande and how she handled some of the battle for Azeroth stuff. Like y'all wrote her like she was a thirty year old war leader. Like no, she's several hundreds of thousands of years old has been fighting the Legion since the dawn of written history. Why is she doing stupid stuff? <laughs> yeah. Stop uh, it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and that's just it. I think, I think, I think perspective is like a, is a huge thing that kind of gets missed out on, but I think it, it just plays to Arthas's advantage more with his execution that like the perspective is there because he's somebody you can directly, you don't have to take this like out of body experience to try and like, you know, simulate how a character should feel like Arthas is human. And, you know, his, his, his emotions are human and he's, his timeline is human. Like everything, you know, he's a human character, right? Yeah. I think he's really easy to relate to, um, which is one of the main points. I think like everyone, you know, when you grow up and like your mom's always telling you that you're like the best ever and like you go to class and kids are like, wow, you're like a great person and whatever. Like you're always reinforced. You and I with had a very these. different childhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay but like 
in the same way that Arthas was kind of like told, you know, you're destined for greatness and stuff. People kind of want to be the hero of their own story as well. And I think that they wanted a person to relate to you in, in that sense as well. But then obviously where it was tipped, I, I think that just made it more real in the sense that people realized, well, maybe, you know, everyone isn't going to be the hero. Someone has to be the bad guy. And um, I think it's like really scary to realize that, okay, well, I mean, I can go from the good guy and end up being, you know, the thing that no one ever thought I would be. And I think that like level of perspective really also just resonated with a lot of people because a lot of people that played World of Warcraft, they were like teens, you know, so you're still trying to figure out a lot of stuff about yourself. It's time where introspection comes into place. And I think that that has a great deal to do with it. Um, so now you're asking the motives of Arthas, you're asking, okay, well, this character that I thought I knew, I clearly didn't. What happened? And then you go over the story again and see how he like changes as time goes on. And then you start to look at yourself and you're like, wow, well, I mean, is this going to happen to me? <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's going to pick up a blade that absorbs souls and start stabbing their dad and take over a kingdom or whatever. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like the oddly specific thing, but yeah, no, no, no. I I, 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 get, I get what you're saying yeah. though, right? Like it, it is like in, introspectiveness is like is is a huge is a huge aspect of it. And I think that's why he like he's done so well. But I do I do want to move on to the next point, which Warren, you briefly touched on this, but uh, his character design, Arthas as a whole, like his look for nobility and stuff like that. Um, I guess the first question, just solely yes or no, right now to kind of lead us off. Um, would you change anything about Garthus's character design aesthetically? Not only from when he... We're going to go from basically his youth to when he picked up Frostmourne. Maze, we'll start with you, yes or no. <laughs> it's perfect. Warren, what about you, man? Yes. Give him a... Oh, really? Okay, hit me. <laughs> like, where is his younger character model that's not just a generic little kid? Where... <laughs> Show me <laughs> Arthas as a toddler. Damn it, Blizzard. But um, no, other than that, seriously, they, they they really did exceptionally well with him. I, I wish they paid this much attention still to characters now and still kind of go over with this like design philosophy and apply that to people that they're still trying to use as plot points now. Yeah, and I think and I think it's a big thing because like, you 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 kind of said it there like he like the guy exudes. I think that's the right word. I think I'm using the right word for it. Uh, like nobility, right? Like, I mean, he's he, like the guy is handsome. He's got like the long blonde hair. He's built like a brick shit house. He, you know, he's loved by his people. His people love like he, like and like not only that, but it's like a two way street. Like he loves his people too, right? Like I mean, this was this was like a, a huge fundamental character point of him, right? So in between that and or like besides that, I mean, he gets you know, Light's Vengeance, which is, you know, a very, it's, like, a super, like, foreshadowy weapon, you know what I mean? Like, it's, um, there's just so much, like, to this, to me, for this character, even when I seen him first in that cinematic, where he's walking into, um, into Lordaeron, back with, like, Falwork and Marwyn, like, on either side of him, I was like, this is, like, this is the character that fell from grace, like, I mean, the, the, he looks like a fallen angel to me, you know what I mean? Like, there was, I don't, like, for me at least, I don't think there was a single point where I was unhappy with his character design, Is and either of you feel the same way? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I think the whole fallen from grace, like, fallen angel thing, it fits him really, really well. Like, especially, you know, considering the whole paladin thing, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Maze, what about you, man? 
no, I, I think you hit it. Like, I and I can't think of that for too many characters where the uh, the Blizzard artists don't just knock it out of the park every single time. Um, they they did it a great job from him looking. I I think like they did a better job doing like a fallen hero than like Avengers did with Thor. Like you had Fat Thor, like Dad Bod Thor. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and I still think like obviously Arthas was so much better. Like I I can't think of anything to improve. And even whenever he becomes the 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 Lich King, like from the armor design to just how imposing he was, both as a paladin and then again as a Lich King. It's, the dude exuded power just through his design alone, let alone any extra particle effect. You didn't need any effects in the background. He just feels powerful with just standing against nothing, and I think that's that's really something. Yeah, and that's I think that's something that's like that's really hard to capture, right? Like that's that's a that's an attribute that you put into character design that you don't always know is gonna like you know is gonna hit the mark or anything like that, right? But like I just like. I, I, I like I put this question on here and I was just like no one's gonna no one's gonna fight <laughs> anyone on this like there's like they like it's almost like a redundant question but I think it is one that needs to be posed regardless because you know some characters like I don't and like in the, the nice part about this too is for our listeners that like have kind of heard like a trailer episode and stuff like that myself and myself and Maze have been playing the game for 15 years but Warren is new and if Warren can't find a problem with Arthas's character design that's a good sign right like that like there's no bias there it's just what he knows of the character and like I well Warren I understand I'm kind of speaking for you right now but I think you know if somebody who's new to the game sees a character as well put together as Arthas and can't think of something they want to change I th- and like that basically to me tells me he's withstood the test of time oh, no, right? I completely agree with you like um and I'm extremely finicky when it comes to writing like, I, I really love dissecting things and going like, well, this was terribly handled and not. Uh, so, <laughs> like, if, if something passes me, like, um, a, a stupid example I like using as well. Like, I never watched Star Wars as a kid. Um, so I only had to watch it recently. And I was like, okay, I don't get why everyone is, like, hugely into this. Until, like, it came to a part where uh, they called, uh, who was it? Oh, Padme, like a queen. And I was like, okay, but she's a queen, but they said they voted. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. So I like literally like Googled it and I was like, oh, they actually thought about the politics of this world. Like stuff like that really draws me in. And I feel like World of Warcraft did the exact same kind of thing to me. That's why I stuck with the game. Like um, with all of the lore, all of the history that they have, they do an exceptional job of trying to like ground it and making the world actually feel like a world with actual characters having actual struggles and actual stories behind them. And you kind of want to spend time learning about these people and kind of just getting to know them. And Arthas was one of the like big things. Like I went into this, I, I knew no lore whatsoever. I made a night elf. I started, um, I made a night elf druid. I started leveling him. I got to Northrend and I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> okay, this is cool Viking shit. Okay, I can dig this. And um, yeah. then, like, you know, Arthur's just kept showing up. And I was like, okay, wait, this is interesting. Wait, I'm missing something. And then I recalled, like, the dungeon, the culling of Stratholm. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I'm getting it now. And I, like, started digging deeper. And the more you start digging deeper, the more you appreciate just how well done his presence is as a character in the game, not just as like 
I kind of want to say Arthas is kind of like a myth in itself. And I think that's why like his character design and stuff like stands out because I mean, in all honesty, like world of Warcraft doesn't have like the most amazing graphics or whatever, but with what they have to work with, they did such a good job. He's so unique. He's iconic. And I think that one of the reasons for that is literally just, he's this person and he's just so in your face and people are talking about him and stuff. And I mean, I got into this way later than like all of the pre-patch events and stuff, you know, like the hype had kind of died down around, around Arthur. So I had no one to kind of tell me, Hey, look into this character. And for me to still be gripped by that, I think that's like a very, very telling sign that they did something very, very well here. Yeah, it, you you really you you can't question it at that point. You know what I mean? Especially just being able to describe Arthas as more of like more of a myth than you know like a like a character that happened. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you know it, it, to have that sort of that sort of presence within a game when the character itself is dated content. You know what I mean? It's so it's so rare rare to see. Um, but we're gonna kind of we're gonna move into the next one, which is. His interactions with other characters within within like not only the book but the game as well. And uh, again, we're gonna kind of we'll, we'll we'll kind of stay away from his like his Northrend interactions because he I don't think there's enough to delve into there. And we will do it in a in a later episode. But I kind of want to talk about like his interactions with Jaina, Kalthas. We've kind of briefly touched on um, Uther, the other paladins that he kind of dealt with. Um, and like Muradin, right? Cause like Muradin was like his boy. Say, uh, and another one, another good one would be like Varian too. Do we, you know, I think we've kind of like touched on the point that it feels in- organic, but do we feel like at, at, at any point it was like a conversation happened to force a plot? Not because, you know, it seemed like something Arthas would do. So I just have one specific, like a little nit- nitpick when it comes to his story in general. And this isn't just like a cat. Um, something that happened between him and like a character in the story or whatever because real life people and like the law subreddits and stuff and like the youtube comment sections and everything like they keep talking about it and they they keep like bringing it up as if it's like this terrible thing and that's like the culling of Stratholme. and how every other character that was there essentially like looked at him like he was a monster for proposing something that actually is extremely rational like at that point you know like they essentially just left yes arthas made an incredibly bold decision um it seemed out of character but when you really look at it like he he made a bold choice arthas was always bold he was always decisive he was always stubborn he always threw himself into a problem with the aims to like just fix it regardless of what the cost was and seeing like Jaina and everyone kind of look at him and going like, oh, never expected this from like, really? You didn't? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I mean, I kind of would have expected it, to be honest. Like no one else is coming up with an answer. So he's just doing what he really thinks he has to. So I feel like the um, the confrontation surrounding that was a bit forced to me, but not from his side. Not even that. I would say the the lack of confrontation. So Jaina and Uther were traveling with Arthas. They saw town after town be completely overrun by the plague. They get to Stratholme, which is the largest port city in Lordaeron. And YOLO, dude, do what you're gonna do. And they just disappear. Like, I, that doesn't make sense. Like, Yeah, but that's my point. Like, 
Uther is just as stubborn as Arthas is. So, like, Uther would have, like, should have stopped him or said it should have said, like, look, we're just going to quarantine it and see what happens. Like, give it some time, man. Or 100% gone, like, agree with you. Like, yeah. there was so many different ways they could have handled that that I feel like it could have felt more real, even if the outcome was 100% exactly the same. If there was, like, a slight chance that they could have found a cure or, or some other workaround and Arthur still decided to do this, it would have still been in character. And I feel like that entire interaction would have felt way more like real and just kind of grimdark, but definitely more real than it was. Like, I just, I don't buy that they were just like, oh, so you're going to murder the city now? Well, I mean, I can't think of anything else to do, but okay, fine, you do you. I, I don't agree with you. I think what you're doing is horrible. But I'm leaving now, so I can't like be a part of this. Like that doesn't make sense to me at all. Do you guys think that it was a, a conversation that was uh, had kind of like a forced narrative, just for because it was like you know an in, in, in instance kind of I thing? I feel like they wanted to move things on a bit faster, so I don't think they wanted to go way into too much detail with like this long drawn out drama that you have to like scroll through and read all of it. Like I would have hoped that something like that kind of made its way into the Arthur's novel. Um, I feel like that's where they could have definitely expanded on the situation more, especially because they, you know, this thing with Jaina, like she was so crucial to his character at that point to just essentially have her be like, I can't support this and just turn away. Like, come on. Like, is that really all you're going to say? Like, the man just told you he's going to, like, kill everyone. And I'm happy that you mentioned that because uh, multiple times throughout the novel and, like, they, they didn't kiss and say I love you at first. It was never deny me, Jaina. And then they had their first kiss. And this was her denying him. Now, I think they could have done it in a in a more subtle way. I, I do think Christy Golden's hands were a little tied because she had to kind of match what was going on with the Warcraft 3. She was catching up to the uh, to everything. Um, but I, I do think like Jaina probably could have seen the reason, like the rationale behind Arthas' decisions and still left. I think Jaina could have left and it still would have worked. She's still young, but she is a sorcerer. She's smart and she's like, I get where you're coming from. But I personally, I can't. These are still innocent people. Um, it's Uther, like, and I think this might have been where Blizzard was like, okay, yeah, look, we're gonna have this conflict, it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen later. So they kind of just, like, smudged what was happening here to just get it passed and get Arthas to meet, not Verimathras. Um. Uh, uh, Malganus. Thank you, yes. To just meet Malganus, to see him. Um, otherwise, I, but I still think it could have just also have been Uther staying out or something. It's the fact that both of them left Arthas that I don't like. And it was, it's mostly Uther that I don't like. I think Uther would have done something different. Um, and out of all of his character interactions that didn't feel forced, like the only other forced one would have been Illidan. And I'm okay with that because somebody was like, hey, I want the undead guy to fight the demon. That's going to be pretty <laughs> yeah. heavy metal. And they worked that into <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and and all, everyone's okay with that. Yeah, because it was it was the early two thousands, and all the devs were like, "Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what was heavy that metal." Movie? What Alien versus Predator? Yeah, this was the fantasy it's version pretty... of that. They were just like, "Let's just do it," you know. We ma exactly we made an expansion that. about like cow people and like demons from outer space. Let's just throw that against like undead Viking people. I feel like that'd be cool, and just go with it. Like, and yeah. like. 
the rule of cool. 100%. Yeah. I don't even care about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I mean, like, and that's just it. Like, I mean, some things you can just ch- chalk up to like, to like fan service, you know what I mean? And like, see it for what it is. And I mean, like, even that, they still kind of did decently well. And the dialogue between Ilden and Arthas doesn't feel super forced. I know we're kind of jumping ahead because that is significantly after um, kind of where, uh, where our, like, you know, kind of back past the point where we're talking about art with Arthas. But, like, I mean, that's really... If we're, if we're searching that far to find an interaction that didn't make that much sense, I mean, that's, like, that says something. You know what I mean? I, I am going to take, take Maze's side with this, uh, definitely, that... Um, yes, Arthas's interaction made sense, but it was the, yeah, it was the it was the f- reflection back. Like Uther is was the paladin, you know what I mean? Like he is the guy. Like next to Tyrion Fordring, like he was the paladin. So to him, for him not to not only to uh, like not confront Arthas on this, but to actually just leave entirely, it just it doesn't make sense. Like you sh- like I mean, I get it that they put it on the burner and they do go back to it eventually, but. It just doesn't, it didn't make sense to me chronologically. And it didn't, it just, it, it showed a different character. It was just like, it wasn't Uther, you know what I mean? Like, it was just one of those things that just, it didn't feel like it was Uther. Yeah, like, I feel like the thing is with the culling, I think that was where Blizzard had decided that was his, like, definitive turning point. So they wanted to make it like this huge, memorable thing. And they kind of wanted to go all out. But they also heard of the whole show not tell thing, so they decided not to delve too deep into like the interactions between the characters themselves. But um, like I think we all agree, like the interaction wasn't necessarily Arthas itself that was flawed. It was more like the entire scenario surrounding it. it I just feel like it could have been more. But yeah, like Arthas himself kind of handled it the way Arthas would have. Like he stayed true to his character. He didn't do anything outrageous like he saw a way out and even though he might not have liked it he decided you know what this is something that has to happen and that to me that's completely within the character that i knew up until that point and it just it made sense to me yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't shocking at all like what what kind of happened um so yeah and I, I you know what i think that again speaks to how how well arthas was done just because, like, you have to look for flaws in other characters to have even a reason why he might be flawed. Uh, like, that's like we're kind of like circling yeah. back to it. But with that, with that though, we're gonna we're gonna touch on our last point because we are we are fast approaching the hour mark. Uh, which is, is there any other way that Arthas could have, um, Arthas's story could have gone? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is like because of what we knew of the character with all our resources and anything like that. Like, could was he, you know, was he always going to become, you know, this person who turned mercenaries on his men, only for his men to turn back on the mercenaries? You know what I mean? Like, was he one that was going to leave his mentor behind? Are all these things exactly like? Did the dominoes all kind of fall in the right order, or did something did something get missed? Do like Warren? Do you think there was anything that got that it, like it could have gone another way? Not really. Not with like because we know all the history he had and stuff, we can kind of put ourselves in his shoes and kind of assume what we would do in those situations. If you just take a look at like all the decisions he's made up until like all of the major plot points that, you know, he had to go through, he wouldn't have really chosen anything else. Like he, there was no way he was going to listen to Medivh. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, and that's, it could yeah. have been interesting. Like, I definitely think they could have made an interesting story as well. But I do think Arthur's was always destined to fail. Like, with people always telling him he's destined for greatness, that, um, you know, he's just this wonderful person that can do no wrong and that he should just, he's just always been this amazing, you know, just larger than life character. And he just kind of fit into that role. And it just turned out that, well, where the path was leading him was not where he expected. I mean, he was destined for greatness, just not the kind he thought he would be. Yeah, and I think I think that's a, like the, probably one of the the, the best under like the, the best overall statements to kind of say about the character. Um, I'm kind of like the, my my kind of thought process behind it is if I can't think of a, like a legitimate offshoot story that it could have gone like, and nothing comes immediately to mind, um, I'm not. You know, I'm sold that the the way the character was written was how the character was always going to be. Um, Maze, do you got it? Do you get? Do you, can you think of like an alternative reality where Arthas doesn't become the man he became, or is like you know, like is there like a fan theory that seem that seems believable that you kind of ran into that you agreed with, or is it just he's the Lich King no matter what? So for after he becomes the Lich King, I think there's a few different paths he could have taken, but for the path up to becoming the Lich King and so I, I said it in the last episode as well. For the Warcraft universe, weapons and armor are so integral to the character themselves and to their power. And that, that's important to remember. The moment, the moment Arthas heard of a sword, of, a, of an item, a weapon that, that would allow him to save his kingdom, he was going to fall. Frostmourne would corrupt him. And uh, Ner'zhul through, through Frostmourne would corrupt him. And I, I don't think there's any getting around that. Now, when he becomes a Lich King, that, that's great for our next episode, and I'll, I'll get into that <laughs> then. But, uh, but no, I, I think, I think Arthas would have been, was too driven and too single minded, and it, it played against him. If it wasn't for Frostmourne, yeah, uh, Arthas definitely could have said, screw you to any of the demons and be like, no, I'm just going to fight you with my own strength, believed more in the light, and seen what happened there. But yeah, that would, Frostmourne's too big of a carrot. He, he, there's no way he was ever going to resist that. And uh, Blizzard, even before the book, without it, they did an excellent job establishing that in the Warcraft Three campaign. No, I think I think you're. Uh, I kind of think you kind of hit the nail on the head, especially especially roping in like the weaponry and the the equipment and stuff like that. Like that, I think that goes without. You can't really you can't really <laughs> like argue that, right? Um, but with that, guys, whereas we just hit the hour mark. Um, that wraps up this episode of Norganon. Um, moving into next week, we're actually going to kind of leave it up to you guys. Um, we want to know if you want to kind of can us to continue our deep dive into Arthas or go into another direction. Um, we're playing with some ideas. We have, we're not entirely sure yet. We have, we got a couple things cooking on the, uh, the back burner that we, uh, are playing with, but we want to know if you guys want to see this continue or we can just bring it back later. We're, we're pretty happy either way, but Maze. Tell them where to listen to us. Yeah, you can find us on almost any of your favorite podcast uh, stations. If there's one that we're not on for whatever reason, shoot us an email or uh, hit us up on our on our website, norganon.com. And don't forget to leave us a good review when you when you hear us. Yeah, guys, but that'll be uh, that'll be it for this week. We hope to see you back in two weeks' time for our next episode. Have a good one. <laughs>